You're listening to The Dollop. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Now, each week, I, eyeglass wearer, man of the world, solar power user and creator... Dave Anthony reads a story from American history. I mean, you really are my selling friend. yourself like you're Superman's dad all of a sudden. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. I'm not making the solar panel, the solar energy well, right now because yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's. You're acting like you create solar energy. With I do. Your hands. I create it on no, my no, roof. No, but you're acting like you do it with your hands. I make hands. it. You do not make it. I make it on no, my roof. The, no, the panels. And I give got, it to the people. You give it to yourself, you selfish prick. This was a terrible conversation. Man of the world. Also, not going Thailand, man of the world. <clears throat> Interesting. Uh, do you want a little hit of dude? I'll do one buck. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Gera. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> then I'll just say June 23rd, 1933. What? Dave. What? I'm tired. What's the matter? I need I, you to step it up. It was a long tournament. Who cares? Long baseball tournament You weekend. have energy to yell. You always hot, have energy to yell. It's out in the hot sun. What's the date? June 22nd, 1933. There's my baby. Can I touch your head? Nope. Diane Goldman was born in San Francisco... To Leon Goldman, who was a surgeon, and his wife Betty, a former model whose family fled St. Petersburg during the Revolution. Okay, sure. Uh, or at least that's what she uh, told people. In reality, that was not true. Right. She just wanted to leave. Yeah. Her family yeah. just moved uh, to Northern California to join a Russian settlement. That's boring, though. Yeah. It's not yeah. fun. So we had to go because they tried to kill Papa. Yeah, that's much They tried better. to step Papa's throat. Instead of Papa going, hey, let's go. Let's go to another country. When we get there, we will tell them we had to flee. We, we say we eat. We say we flee. We run. We lose two daughters in battle. All daughters. We are running. We have to swim. We swim from Russia to Alaska. Only two daughters. Yes, that's right. Good. Good. Stefanka. My little puppy. Good. Yes, yes. The family eventually moved to San Francisco in the 1920s, where uh, Betty uh, married Leon. Okay. Uh, Betty told Leon she was Jewish. Okay. But she was not Jewish. Oh, right. So th she just fled. Right. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Sorry. Then uh, Diane, young Diane, was born. That's who we start with, uh, Diane Goldman. Uh, she grew up in a mansion on a cul-de-sac in San Francisco's exclusive Pacific Heights neighborhood. Sure. Her father was a very successful, wealthy doctor. How close is that to the Full House house? Um, it's got to be the same house. Right. That helps a lot. Uh, Diane, as a kid, took horseback riding lessons. Sure. Uh, she, had, she had two other sisters. Her middle sister, Yvonne, said their mother was unpredictable. Well, it sounds like she, yeah, it sounds a little like that. Quote, if she was braiding her hair and the rubber band broke or the ribbons weren't found, then it was like a major explosion, a total loss of control. Okay. She would hit you, pull your hair. There's one picture where Diane and I both have tears in our eyes. It was really, it was a really formal portrait. What? During a formal portrait, formal she portrait, beat them? they're both crying. I, yeah, it sounds like she might have. 
Okay. So don't don't break uh, rubber rubber bands around mom. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, mom's braiding the hair, so mom's breaking them. But don't have hair right. that causes mom okay. to stretch the rubber band okay, and break don't, it. Don't don't don't. I'm scared. Oh my God! Did the rubber band snap again? You know what mom have in common with rubber band? No. I too. No. Close to snapping. No. You bad girls. No. You girls are ego. You make me look so foolish. No. That's mom. it. I'm getting beating spoon. Not stirring spoon. Mama. Beat you, beat. We fled. We fled. I tell you. Mama. We was about to be killed. No, I, that's not true. I know, but I'm sticking to the uh, tale from prior Di- story. Diane took the brunt of it, as she was the oldest. It's especially your fault, rubber band snip, Diane. Diane's mom would sometimes lock her out of the house and force her to f- sleep in the family car. Sure, sure, that's safe. Come on, it's the forties. Yeah, you do. yeah. She once watched as her mother tried to drown her youngest sister in a bathtub. Okay, so let's so just to we're talking about a lot of red flags. This is normal. Real early. This is normal. Drowning is new. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the three girls lived in a great deal of fear. Sure. When CT scans later became available, it was discovered that Betty's brain had atrophied, possibly due to a childhood illness. Encephalitis is, I think, what they thought Or she maybe had. she hit it when she was running out of Russia, when they it's were possible. fleeing the fires. It's possible. The Great Russian Fires. I don't fires know if there were fires. 24. I... What? The Great Russian Fires of... 24? 20, 24. Of 24. 1924. The yes. Great... Russian Fires uh-huh. of... 1924. Yes. You're... We arrived. Me, uh-huh. me and my daughters almost get... Well, they no, weren't, they weren't born there. yet. Yeah, they no, they born. weren't born, but they were inside of me as well, eggs. Not yes. And so yes. I flee with my two daughters. Yeah. My two no, eggs. Three. Three. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's a miracle. Yeah, now you have another one. Well, I have four more, no, too, and they're in my pockets. You have three. I don't lie. Uh, she uh, she had chronic brain syndrome. Quote, judgment, reason, those were the uh, facilities she lost. She could always pull herself together into a very beautiful woman and play the role, but you couldn't reason with her. Okay. All right. Through all that, Diane uh, said she was she had a happy childhood and that her mother was a good mother. Sure. Okay, so lying's <laughs> passed down. Uh, her father and her uncle Morris started taking her to meetings at San Francisco City Hall when she was a child. Okay. Because kids love local government meetings. Oh, please, may I go to City Hall? Can I go to City meeting? Hall? Please. Oh, come on, they're doing one on zoning! Oh, take me to your taxes. Her uncle loved politics. Uncle Morris. Uncle Morris. Okay. Her dad was a Republican, while Uncle Morris was a Democrat. Okay. Uncle Morris would take her uh, uh, to Monday afternoon sessions at the SF Board of Supervisors, which he hilariously called the Stupid Visors. Oh, hello. Morris. Morris. Oh, my. You are a devil, Morris. I call them Stupid Visors. Naughty man. Also, Monday matinee, great show, because you got the weekend. You built up a lot of questions from the weekend. Good, and it's a good place to bring a kid. Yeah, yeah. Uncle Morris would tell her, tell Diane, if she got an education, she could do this job. Okay. It says a lot about how much you hate your home life if you're going to these sort of hearings. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> please take me, Uncle Morris, please. Yeah. I love the hearings. When she was young, Diana had some issues and was sent to a Catholic school to learn self-control. She said she finally left. Uh, uh, she f- said she finally felt at home at Catholic school because that was where she learned discipline. Okay. The girls enjoyed a wealthy upbringing. Quote: They attended private schools, wore expensive clothes, 
were indulged with riding tennis piano lessons and were treated to white-gloved teas and luncheons at fine hotels and restaurants in fashionable Union Square. That sounds nice. So they're rocking it. Yeah, that sounds nice. Diane went to Sacred Heart. I love a glove tea ceremony. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Diane went to Sacred Heart High School, an exclusive school that trained girls to, quote, assume positions of influence and have the power to shape and change society. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's probably not common. No. Yeah. Sacred Heart's a a tough one to get into. The governor's daughter was one of her classmates. Oh. Yeah. Fancy. First daughter. (laughs) (laughs) When she was a junior, Diane was named Queen of the Grand National Horse Show. Uh, at the Cow Palace in San Francisco. Shouldn't that go to a horse? Huh? Huh? No, a Grand National Horse Show. She won... What did, oh, she won... She was named Queen of the Grand National Horse Show at the Cow Palace in San Francisco. Are they allowed to... Huh? Okay. Have horse shows? Have, have queens. Yeah, I think you can have a queen at anything if you just... Believe it? You just put a, th- a crown on a lady's head and put a sash on her. And You're then, a queen now. That's how queens work. You're queen of the horses. It's not like she's queen of California. She's just queen of uh, an event. For a year, and then they're going to get a new queen. Yeah, but for a year, you can do a lot in a year. Look at Trump. And they cut off her head at the end of the year. I think that's how the queen thing works. Okay. That's how it was at our school at homecoming. (laughs) Kill the queen! Um, She went to Stanford after. Okay. Graduating in 1955 with a BA in history. Now, back then, tuition was $750 per year. Oh, boy. Which would be about $7,000 today. Okay. For some reason, tuition at Stanford is actually $45,000, so I don't know how... Well, that happened. Mm, I don't remember, but I think we need it. <laughs> Whatever it is, I'm pretty sure we need it. At Stanford, Diane was active. It in should st- be free. Free. At uh, Stanford, Diane was active in student government and joined the Young Democrats. She became student body vice president. Okay. Though it wasn't an easy campaign, at one point she went into a fraternity campaigning, where she was heckled, picked up, carried to a shower. And then put inside and drenched. Oh, my God. Fret boys! Hey, Hey, you're running for office. Cool. But then once she was in office, she got elected. Uh, She struck back and denied the frat a permit for an overnight party. Okay. So fucking deal with that shit. All right, good. Yeah. She should cut off their showering ability. Now, this is when women were expected to become homemakers. Wives. Sit around. Yeah. Clean the things up. I've got to have the potatoes ready. George is back at five. That's right. Right. She clearly had her eye on politics, however, uh, though she did teach horseback riding on the side. Okay. Like most people in their early 20s, Diane then received training at the Coro Foundation, which is uh, a hard-to-get-into place that trained people how to be politicians. Okay. A year after finishing at Stanford, the 23-year-old Diane eloped with attorney Jack Berman. Hmm? She sent a telegram from Reno to her parents announcing the message, uh, which her sister said caused a, quote, firestorm. Oh, my, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, rubber bands set her off. Yeah. This, she must have just gone I crazy. Mean, yeah. yeah. Draw the birth. Uh, just a few days shy of eight months later, Diane gave birth to what would be her only child. Just a, a few? How long ago? A few days shy of eight months. Okay, sure. Okay. So the, Some stuff making sense? Yeah, it's all making a ton of sense. <laughs> a, lo- a big eloping a makes more sense when a baby comes eight months later. I think it does. Or seven or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no. Or five. Yeah. Berman was a fighter for civil rights who would uh, take trips to the South to challenge segregation. He also loved gambling and made uh, a lot of trips to Las Vegas. On one trip, he won Always a bunch Always bet on black, that guy. Yeah. You know. yeah. 
I want you to be a bet a bunch of money, then lost it all the next day, as well as all the money he had brought. Uh, he told a friend who was with him, quote, shoot, kid, it's only candy. Hey, kid, it's only candy. <laughs> no, that's money. Nah, come on, kid, it's only candy. No, no, it's really money. Hey, come on, it's only... Do you know what money is? I've lost a lot of candy today, yeah, kid. Yeah, fucking a lot of candy. We yeah. can't get home. I'll tell you what, there's one thing. I don't think I have enough candy to pay for the house anymore. <laughs> I'm out of candy, kid. Honey, we're out of candy. Last night I jerked off a hobo for two pieces of candy. Oh, and then I lost it on the penny slots. The couple did not agree about the whole, uh, the role the women should play. Um, he, he just wanted Diane to be a wife and a mother. Cook the potatoes. Yeah. Their marriage lasted three years and then they divorced. Okay. That was 1959. Right. Now, I couldn't find any information on whether or not she had a job after the divorce. Uh, I think she said it was hard to find one where she had a kid. But she did take up sailing on an 18-foot boat. With the kid? Like, just, just on her own. Oh, just like a hobby. Yeah. Like she came the, the back kinda, by day. The kind of thing normal people do. You just Yeah, you just go out you can't for get a job, you, you just... You sail. Yeah, you sail on a boat. Yeah. You'll normally bay. find one in a net. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she also worked as a volunteer for JFK's campaign. Okay. Uh, she studied acting. Wow. And she was in several plays. Was not very good at it. Sure. And then she took a trip to New York to look at job prospects and apartment prices, and then she just came right back and gave up acting. Okay. Which is what most so actors So she's having do. a little trouble finding something that sticks, That's I'm right. She's trying to figure out something to do. Right. And doesn't seem like anything's working. Yeah. Okay. So then she approached the governor of California, Pat Brown, who appointed her to be on the California Women's Parole Board in 1960. Not that she had connections or anything, um, aside from... Her her classmate being the the governor's daughter and her dad being the governor's personal doctor. Sure. Aside from those two things. She earned it. She did. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, I get it. She earned it. Um, so Brown, Governor Brown, thought the parole board was being too harsh okay. and not giving out enough, you know, parole. Wow, right, what to a people. what an era. Yeah. I know. He wanted board members who were more reasonable and would look at people and give them a chance. Okay. Um, so Diane was perfect. Diane quickly became the opposite of what the governor wanted. She came to be known as an incredibly inflexible member of the board, and only 1% of felons who came before the board then received parole. Okay. So that backfired. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, she became vehemently anti-death penalty. All right. Super against the death penalty. She just wants them to hang out in there. Yeah. Yeah. Quote, there is no moral or religious ground that gives you the right to terminate the life of another human being. Fair. Yeah, fair. fair. I agree with that. Fair. Uh, Diamond neurosurgeon Bert Feinstein. Ooh, that's good. Cool. That's a name that makes you <laughs> hot. In I'm Bert Feinstein. Hello, Diane. It's a pleasure. It's actually Feinstein. Oh, is it? You say a Feinstein, and says, I say a Feinstein. He hasn't got it. 1961, he asked I know where date. we're headed. You did? Yeah. Did you know a long time ago? No, but I started to gather a little bit. Yeah. He was 19 years older than her. He rolled up in an old, beat-up old uh, Chevrolet that had holes in the upholstery. Okay. For their first uh, date. We like to call that upholstery, just to be clear. <sighs> Keep it. Turns out he also owned a Rolls-Royce, a Bugatti. Uh, it's a, sorry, it's a Rolls-Royce. A... Aston Martin, uh, but the Chevy was the only car he would park on the street. Okay. <laughs> Wait, so he... I don't understand. 
he came has, to pick her up in his shitty old car because he didn't want to park his nice cars on the street. So he has, he literally, so he just has the nice, he's like Leno in a way. Yeah, he's out of his fucking mind. So he's got cars in the garage, and then he's like, she's like, oh, that's a nice car. He's like, I have an Aston Martin, but I can't use it. Yeah, because otherwise people might scratch it or whatever. Yeah, or touch it. Yeah, touch it or look at it. Right, no, tis better to have it. I can't drive and I hear the pour around here. Use it? What do you mean use the car? What are you crazy? Look at all the pours. They'll touch it. They'll breathe on it. They'll get their dirty breath on it. So they dated for a year uh, and she finally agreed to marry him. Okay. And became Diane Feinstein. Okay. They moved. Oh, Jesus. They moved into a 13-room house in Pacific Heights. Why are you doing this one now? You'll see. Oh. Where some of the richest San Francisco residents lived. Okay. Uh, San Francisco was not the lefty bastion it came to be in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. In, 18, in 1964, Stanley Bergman, a businessman and patriot... Uh. Pardon. It's describe himself. Okay. It's always a good sign when someone describes themselves as a patriot. I'm not a traitor. I love this country. Unlike you. You dirty monsters. I have a flag pin. Uh, he curated a, quote, pavilion of American flags in Civic Center Plaza in San Francisco. Okay. So he did love America. Yes. More than you. Yeah. Have you ever curated a uh I a tried once, of- but the cops was being dicks. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. I just want to put up these awesome flags. Come on, I want to celebrate it. So there's 18 flagpoles, and for years they did not have flags on them for some reason. So on Flag Day, June 14, 1964, with a military band and Mayor John Shelley in attendance, the the 18 flags were raised. Cool. Along with them, the Confederate battle flag was raised. Uh, mm. uh, What's wrong? Well, that one's bad. Well, it's San Francisco, though. Yeah, it seems like the right place for that. Two days later, people were express- expressing their angry that the flag was being flown, particularly San Francisco African-American leaders. They didn't appreciate the Confederacy. Reason, for some reason... Now, Dave, uh, let me jump in here. Yeah, go ahead. I- I've noticed something to this podcast. Uh, a lot of times you'll find that, that uh, black citizens of this country do not approve of the Confederate flag. I don't know why. And it is a part of history. It's just a historical it's flag. A hist- it's to remind That's us all. of a time. Like the not na- a better time. Like, for instance... Just an option. The Nazi flag is also a historical flag. It's a very... It's just, yeah. a, it's just history. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so they're pissed. People are pissed so, because there's a Confederate flag flying. The Chronicle reported, quote, angry civil rights leaders calling the Southern banner a symbol of hate demanded that it come down. Yeah. James Herndon of the Negro American Labor Council called the flag, quote, the badge of slavery. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that, <laughs> yeah. it is amazing how much we have to dance around what it is. <laughs> like, it is that. And yeah, people are like, that's, that's not what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. It's what my pappy loved. Right. Oh. Bergman responded by saying, quote, all the flags come from the history of America. Come on. And whether we like it or not, the Confederacy was part of our history. Good Lord. You can no more take the flag out of a historical display than you can go to the history books and tear out pages on the Civil War. Okay, uh, different, so. Different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I have this weird thing where I, I feel like 
history books are not the same thing as flags. Yeah. One, one suggests like uh, an attachment currently to it, and the other is reflection. So one is reading about a time in history, and the other is like, hey, it's back. Yeah, well, it's celebrating. Ah. Flags are for celebration. And yeah. for, like, it's not bringing back the new Miller no, Lite camps. I've never walked by a flag and went, well, that's an interesting piece of history. Oh, boy. Thank God they no longer support that and only have it up there to teach us. <laughs> that's what I'm gathering. <laughs> Uh, the American Civil Civil Liberties Union back Bergman as they always do. Sure, they, they back, always back that stuff, and so did the city government. Mayor Shelley decided the flag and the bronze plaque at the base would stay. The bronze plaque. Being... Yeah, I guess there was a bronze plaque about the. What flags. an awesome time! What a great flag! This is when uh, people fought not to own people. More like Funfederacy. So he ordered, this is his compromise, he ordered the U.S. flag to be put above the Confederate flag on the flagpole to, quote, symbolize American unity. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. So, so you get both you get both sides, the yeah, North yeah, and yeah. the South. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> cool. Look, we're together now. Hey, don't argue this anymore. <laughs> that's how you play it. it. There was a protest against Barry Goldwater, uh... Hugely conservative politician in the 60s. Uh, it was held a month later, and during it, the Confederate battle flag was cut down by activists. The bastards. Yeah. Police reported that the flag theft was the only crime committed during an otherwise peaceful gathering of 35,000 uh, civil rights activists. Either way, this big event... So the flag never goes back up. Okay. Either way, this big event that uh, Diane would have been very aware of because she's active in politics in San Francisco at the time. Sure. How old is she around this time? Um, early 20s. Okay. So she stays on the Woman's Parole Board until 1966 when she was named uh, chair of San Francisco's Advisory Committee for Adult Detention. Okay. So it's a step up. Uh, uh, adult d- detention being... It's a jail. Okay. But it's yeah. like... A, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she was very active in the League of Women Voters, obviously having her high on a uh, higher office, or any office, really. Mm-hmm. And in 1969, she made her big move, and she ran for the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. Okay. No woman had been on the board for over 50 years. She, uh, Her husband plastered the city with signs that just said Diane in big red letters. Oh, that's nice. Maybe a little more specific. <laughs> Diane! <laughs> Diane! Hey, you hear this Diane lady's missing? Yeah, that's <laughs> totally what they think. Well, I didn't win the I didn't win the seat, but people are really happy to see me. They think I was found. It's so excited when I showed up. Well, you look like shit. How long was you gone? No, not I don't. What do you mean, look like shit? I you was don't just look gone. good. No, no, I, I just came from the. Oh, thank God they found you. No, we I was at my sick. house. We were all looking for. I you. was at my house. Oh, we didn't look there. This is my Diane impersonation. It's really good. Thank Thank you, Mister. She's missing clearly. Hi. <laughs> what? Are you testing the levels? Yeah. Uh, so she wins, beating out. There's 18 candidates. 18 I think, I think candidates. Like, I think like five. You know, it's one of those. Right. Yeah. You whittle it down. It, yeah, it always starts a little yeah. big, I guess. Uh, the San Mateo Times reported on her win under the headline: "Doctor's Wife Wins SF Race." Missing lady found and wins. 
<laughs> what a turnaround. Oh. Wait, doctors, it's a doctor's wife? Doctor's wife wins SF race. God damn. Like, you can't, you can't even, upon winning an election in, God, what year was it? 66? I mean, that's no, insane. 69. That's insane. You cannot get your name. You cannot get Diane Feinstein wins. It's Doctor's it's, wife wins. Lady does something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the article described her as, quote, vivacious and dark-haired. Hey, that's nice. Hey. At least they're throwing out compliments. Hey, what are her positions? Look at them gams! Uh, she's got a lot of energy and hair. <laughs> she's missing, too. The Santa Rosa Press Democrat said she was, quote, the attractive wife of a physician, a slim matron with a sparkling smile. Oh, it really is insane. Gentlemen, you're going to want to fuck her. Guys, I think you're going to vote to have sex with her. That's all I know about. The next day, a UPI story described her as, quote, an attractive wife who was five, a 5'8 brunette with flashing eyes. What is going on? <laughs> I just wait until you see the Bikini Congress. <laughs> <laughs> a bikini Congress. <laughs> oh, she's got great boobs. Hey, I'm coming out and saying it. What are her positions? No one's ah. objected so far. Their position is I'd like to get up that skirt, Jimmy. Oh, there's a couple of positions I'd like old Diane in. Well, the media was not taking her seriously, obviously. Her opponents grumbled about her heavy campaign spending, which had been $75,000. Like, it's, it's such a weird paradox where, like, the opponents are like, we will take you for your worth. <laughs> we have issues with your character. And the people are like, man, lady does it all in a dress. Right. So the the media does not take her seriously at all. It doesn't even mention her name in a lot of these. But then people who don't like her are like, I'm worried about her politics. Yeah, the people who don't like her are like, well, she spent a bunch of cash. Come on. What do you mean? She, she couldn't have done that. She's a lady. Uh, most of the money was provided by her father and husband. As a supervisor, she was part of a centrist block and was generally opposed uh, to the mayor, lefty mayors, because it's San Francisco. Sure. Soon after being elected, she explained why women make superior public servants over men. Okay. Quote, a woman does not have to make decisions based on the need to survive. She can cut through the issues, call shots as she sees them. <clears throat> she was saying that women, since women didn't have to work, didn't have to have jobs, they would be better at making decisions. Because the, the position only pays like a few thousand a year. Oh. It's not a full-time job. Okay, so her point is like, look, I can handle this. I don't have a job. Yeah. Right, okay. Well, She's like, women are better. We don't have to have jobs. That's a fair point. While men... I mean, it's a terrible... Well, men are influenced by their by their need to make money. Yes. Well, Dave, I mean... I, there's a lot of problems. <laughs> well... I mean, mainly is that it is, uh, it's not true, but it is like, I mean, our government is just, all these guys are like, well, take my money. I mean, the real truth is, what she should have said is, only rich people can do this job. Right. That's all it was. Right. Uh, so, uh, Diane was considered to be a conservative member of the board and was strongly against a campaign to stop, to stop marijuana busts that were so frequently done by the SF police. She was trying to stop that. No, she was for... She was for the marijuana bus. She was for bus. the marijuana okay. bus. all right. Uh, one day... Dude, I'm not going to lie. It's a problem for me. Uh, yo, no, I know. Yeah. I knew that would be a serious problem for you. It's like, not cool, dude. Yeah. Okay, bro. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Screw that, man. Okay. I, yeah, I get it. It's a good argument. All right, sweet. Yeah. This is a great argument. Who is we talking about? What? Yeah. 
I'll just keep reading the story. You just pretend. We forgot about the Totino's pizza rolls. No, 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 no. That wasn't us. Oh, okay. All right, keep going, man. One day, Diane and her staff visited a porn movie house. <laughs> what? Okay. And she said, quote, We have become a kind of smut capital of the United States. So they okay. You, do you need to go to a porn theater to know that? I don't think so. Okay, yeah. I think you, you just kind of. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna watch the double feature, but I, then I think we can really say that this is disgusting. First of all, uh, I'd like to say I'm super hot. Yeah. Like I'm fucking. Hot. It's really hot in here. I mean, look. People are sitting in here looking at a dick that size. That's oh disgusting. Oh my god, Bergman. She. She tightened zoning restrictions in order to crack down on adult nightclubs and movie theaters. Okay. At the same time, she became known as a supporter of gay rights, backing measures to ban job discrimination and legalizing private sexual conduct. Okay, so there is, she's a mixed bag. Mixed bag. Right. Just two years... Uh, well, no, I mean, getting rid of porn and movies, that's not... No, not good, no. right? But, but she's helping... She, she's backing measures to help... Good. Yeah. Especially from some of the things we've heard about San Francisco at that time. Absolutely. That's what's going on. The, uh, so then, just two years after landing a seat on the Board of Supervisors, she runs for mayor. Okay. Mayor Joseph... Alioto uh, accused her of double-crossing him with a last-minute entry into the mayor's race after she told him she had no intention of running. Ah, uh, that's dirty pool. Yeah. Until then, he had been one of her biggest supporters. He won, and Diane finished third. Okay. Then he called her to a meeting where he told her, quote, you don't cash losers' tickets at the winner's table. Why'd he call her in? To just tell her she wasn't going to get shit anymore. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Could he, just... It's a good phrase that he used. I mean, it's fun. <laughs> he called her in to go, I came up with this good phrase. <laughs> hey, you don't cash losers' tickets at the winner's table. Yeah, it's a little like uh, <laughs> Seinfeld, they're running out of you at the jerk store. <laughs> How good is that, huh? You don't cash at the... What is it? You don't cash losers' tickets at the winner's table. What are you talking about? Came up with that last night, Diane. Now get the it's hell out of here. It's a good one. You don't cash winners at the losers' table, Diane. Uh, don't let the door hit you on the way out. He then uh, kept her from being named a chair on the Bay Area, Bay Area Pollution Control Board, which she wanted. Okay. But Diane remained on the Board of Supervisors and was big on law and order, pushing for an increase in police officers while at the same time attacking their union. Okay. <laughs> During two strikes by city employees, she was vocally critical of both the strikers and their salary demands. From the Washington Post, quote, For that reason, she is considered a strong supporter of business. San Francisco Council of Labor said, quote, We were disappointed in her position and her lack of sensitivity to some of our city's employees during this turmoil. Yeah, the rich normally understand that it sort of stuff. Isn't that weird? Yeah, Usually rich people totally get very understanding. labor. Yeah. Um, Just have your dad give it to you. <laughs> Duh! Well, if you don't like it, go out on your boat and sail. Oh, my God. Just go sail for a little while and take up acting. Get over some stuff. You know what you guys should be doing? Taking some acting classes. Sailing around, riding sail, a horse. Sail, take some acting classes. So I'm uh, queen of horses. She then ran for mayor again in 1975. Okay. This time against lefty George Moscone. And she lost again, once again, coming in a distant third. Okay. Moscone was popular and very, very left. He turned the city's white and conservative power structure on its head, appointing gays, blacks, Latinos, Asian Americans, women, environmentalists, and activists in record numbers to San Francisco's powerful boards and commissions. That's why I'm voting for him this he's, time. He, yeah, he's dead. Oh. Basically, getting rid of the old boys club is right. what Moscone did. Right. 
Diane back remained, when that was possible. Yeah, right. right. Diane remained on the board of supervisors. The city is changing as the old guard were being pushed out by new people uh, that they hated. Right. Right. Minorities, gays, uh, in, whites out, people of color in, and violence was not uncommon at the time. Sure. One group, the New World Liberation Front, had been linked to more than 70 bombings, mostly in Northern California. And they are... They mostly did... The reason you haven't heard of it is because they they mostly bombed... They well, the, like the first fifty or so that I read about, they they just did it to property. Like never, never was there a person around. But who are they? Uh... Okay, they're a complicated group. Okay, um, leftist, sure, communist, okay. but put feminism below poverty, and said the fight for gay rights was reactionary and a sexual perversion. Oh, good lord! I mean, it is <laughs> okay. They also thought Jews controlled banking. Okay. Okay. So they're a different kind of leftist group. Sure. They're, you kind of want to just hear their first two things. I, I feel like they might just be one guy screaming in his head. Okay, great. Good that, to know. That kind right. of group. Okay, right. They condemned almost all other revolutionary groups in the United States. Oh, and they wanted more health care in San Francisco jails. Oh, my God. So they had, so they had, an, they had a hot issue. What? <laughs> Healthcare for every prisoner. Uh, that's not what we're going for right now. And the Jews run the banks. Come on, the Jews run the banks. Anyway, they labeled Diane a scum lord, which is what they called people that they were hated. Okay. Uh, and she became a target. Okay. In 1976, a bomb was placed on the windowsill of her home. Oh, my God. It was set to detonate at 1.30 a.m., but did not go off because of an unusual drop in temperature that happened, which froze the explosive and then broke the detonator. Oh, wow. And her daughter found the bomb the next morning. She really dodged a bomb. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, The attack... Hey, Mom, there's a bomb on the windowsill. What's this thing that... (laughs) Oh, let's microwave it. Um, So the attack changed Diane. She'd always been about law and order, but this turned into a full-blown hawk. A few months later, the eco-terrorist group Environmental Life Force shot out the windows of a beach house she owned. Oh, gosh. Um, Joke's well, on them. That's just a nice breeze. Right? Yeah. That just opens it up to Gorgeous. great yeah. smells. Yeah. Um, actually, it's often reported as the windows were shot out, making it sound like guns were used, but they actually just used BB guns. Oh, so that's a little... That's not that. That's, I mean, not that. It's not great, but, no, but it's, it's also not... If you get hit with one of those, the worst thing that happens is that you're like, oh! Yeah, like, are you getting attacked, are you getting attacked by eco-terrorists or 15-year-old boys? Yeah, well, we're kind of both. <laughs> All right, guys, let's do this, and then we got to get home by 7. The group said, quote, The symbolic act of shooting holes in your windows with a BB gun clearly indicates your vulnerability. Let Boom. that be a message to you. And then We've they, got BB guns. And then they called a local radio station and explained that the attack was in support of the NWLF's demands for more health care funding in San Francisco jails. So how many more windows will be shot out with your BB gun if we don't give prisoners health coverage? Think about it. We have a long list of demands. We want a helicopter, we too. We couldn't think of what to focus on, and these guys have a good one. I think we're just kind of an anti-window group now. But anyway, we're eco-terrorists. So, okay, hold on. Let's get this right. Yeah. If you don't stop polluting uh-huh. and giving prisoners health care in prison, yeah. then we're going to shoot at that greenhouse with, with our BB guns. BB guns! Let's go. we got a BB guns. Uh, so... This, this, she started carrying a gun after this, but then very soon after stopped carrying a gun. 
Okay. Um, Diane supported Carter uh, for president over Ted Kennedy. Sure. Even though most of the city was for Kennedy. Uh, it was a contentious primary and convention. Carter won. Diane then tried to get herself a job in his cabinet, but was turned down. Okay. Nice. So she's lost two mayor races and been turned down for a cabinet position. Right. But at least she's not shooting windows out with BB guns. True. Diane was reelected to the Board of Supervisors again in 1977, along with conservative ex-cop and ex-firefighter Dan White, and the first gay man to hold office, Harvey Milk. Uh-huh. This was largely because of changes Moscone had made. He switched voting in supervisor races from citywide to neighborhood chosen. So before it was the whole city would vote, and then you pick the top five. Oh, now now five it's Castro gets to vote, Nob Hill gets to vote. Right. So, so it makes it representative of the city as opposed to a bunch of white people getting. Okay, gotcha. So Harvey, that's how Harvey Milk gets. In there because now it's representing the gay community. Right, okay. Right. Uh, so Milk was not just, and Diane was totally against this. Sure. Hugely against it. Milk was not just a huge gay rights advocate, but he was also a huge advocate for legalizing marijuana. Okay. In May 1978, he was a speaker at Day on the Grass, a concert pushing for the legalization of weed. And Milk was a politician on the rise. Sadly, around this time, Diane's second husband was diagnosed with cancer, and he died after a two-year battle in April, April uh, 1978. Okay. That year, 63% of San Francisco voters approved Proposition W, a non-binding policy statement that demanded the DA and the chief of police cease the arrest and prosecution of individuals involved in the cultivation, transfer, or possession of marijuana. Milk said, quote, they can't bust us all. Nice. Mayor Moscone also supported de- decriminalizing weed. Okay, here we go. Diane did not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So you got the mayor on board. You got the city is all voted for it. Well, and I also think, like, you know, when you are surrounded by... Uh, you need to allow your environment to change you in a good way. So, you, like, if you're still steadfast on issues that are seemingly pretty clear cut where you're from you're kind of a dick well you're withholding or you're not paying attention or you don't want to pay attention or you're just rich yeah uh or you smoke some one time at a concert and got a little weird so at this time she's also having a difficult time seeing a future in politics for herself because she keeps losing she keeps losing she lost the two mayor races and she lost uh she lost out on a cabinet position with carter um now, also at this time, Supervisor Dan White, who was a conservative and also voted with Feinstein on a lot of stuff, uh, was clashing with Milk and other members of the board. And on November 10th, 1978, he resigned as a supervisor. And he said politics, SF politics, were too corrupt that he couldn't make a living without his uh, police officer or firefighter salary, because he had been both. Okay. And he wasn't allowed to work a job while he was a supervisor. And, oh. I, I guess one of the I guess a city job. Okay. And then the baked potato stand he had opened at Pier Thirty Nine <laughs> oh, failed. Okay. Wait. Sorry. What? Uh... Oh man. So he's okay with baking potatoes. Yeah. yeah. Well, baked potatoes. Yeah. Not humans, just potatoes. Anyway, it failed. Well, I wonder why. I can't imagine. Uh, you got who wants a baked potato? Who wants a walking potato? Get a potato here. Who needs a walking potato? Walking potato. Potato on a stick. We got walking potatoes here. 
That is like, as far as food to get from a stand on the fly, a baked potato is very low. It's one dollar said, just go ahead and reach your hand into the oven and grab Jesus. that potato. It's hot as shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here is a napkin. Okay. Uh, what are the toppings? Butter. Okay, well, yeah. Pepper. Uh, I feel like if pepper's your second one, I'm not happy with your <laughs> toppings options. Ketchup. I don't want ketchup on my baked potato. You got mustard, relish. I'm going to get pizza from this guy. Sauerkraut. Oh, good lord. Onions. <laughs> oh, close that drawer. It stinks. Uh, anyway, so. That's it. You can't make changes in politics. I'm going to open a baked potato stand. Uh, but then, so four days after he resigns, he comes back to Mayor Moscone and asks him to reappoint him. Uh, yeah, I lost a lot of money on a potato business <laughs> done by the pier. Hey, listen, I can't be a cop or a fireman anymore. <laughs> the potato thing's not working out. What, what's the potato thing? I had I opened a potato stand down at Pier 39 where all the tourists are. What, in the last four days? The new tourist place. Yeah. Okay. Uh... Go White's Potatoes. And we cook them hot. Uh, well, we used to cook them hot, and then we had a problem. The last day we've been cooking them cold. Nobody told me it takes 40 minutes to cook a fucking potato. You know what? The problem with the baked potato <laughs> is people's topping expectation is limitless. What the fuck is wrong with just eating a potato? Just like eat I, the potato. Like I did as a kid. Everybody wants you to cut it in half, put it in sour cream, Jesus have Christ. bacon. We used to take them out of the ground and just chew on them walking to school. Which was the original business model. Potato chewers. <laughs> Man. So he comes back and asks for the mayor to reappoint him. Imagine hearing that idea from him if he's your friend. So I think I'm going to open a big potato stand. What do people love when they're near the ocean? Hot potatoes. potatoes. (laughs) Guy, you can throw them at the seals. Man, you can do fries, too. No, no no fries. No fries. Baked potatoes. What the fuck's the matter with you? No one likes fries. Fries? People like their potatoes with a skin. Yeah. Something you need with a fork to eat. That's right. So he comes back to Mayor Moscone, and Moscone said, yes, I will let you start over again. You're back on the board. Okay. Takes him back. But then he reverses his position and says no. Okay. Milk was one of the people who talked him into not reappointing White. Okay. Now, on November 18th, news broke of mass deaths of members of the People's Temple in Jonestown. 918 people in a murder-suicide, many of them from San Francisco. And Jim Jones was heavily connected to people in San Francisco politics. So now shit's getting weird. Right. Shit's getting weird. Now people are like, I didn't know Jim was like that. It's not a great month. Right. Meanwhile, Diane had gone hiking in Nepal with her new boyfriend, Richard Blum. Okay. Sure. Blum was rich as fuck. In Nepal, Diane became ill on her way up to a base camp. And she was forced to ride a yak back down the mountain while suffering from dysentery. So, yakking on a yak. So, yeah. Total shit yak. Oh, my God. Just, just a... shit on a yak. Uh, please, no more no more random Could have Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God. Dude. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Heal. Heal, heal, heal. Heal. Who oh. heal? Who heal? <laughs> heal, boy. Oh, dear. Oh, God. Go. So I'm gonna sit on him like Mork. <laughs> this great experience and this time in Nepal caused her to decide to quit politics. Okay. She told the writer, quote, I decided I would not be a candidate again for anything. Okay. So she arrived back in San Francisco with the intention of telling everybody she was out. 
And on November 27th, 1978, Diane planned to hold a press conference to announce she was leaving politics. Okay. But 30 minutes before the press conference was scheduled to start, Dan White entered City Hall through a window and shot and killed Mayor Moscone and Supervisor Harvey Milk. Okay, so she's... Mm-hmm. Okay. Diane found Harvey Milk. She pressed her finger to the bullet hole on his, rest, uh, his wrist, and there was no pulse. She later said, quote, When someone's dead, you know right away. And later that day, she announced the assassinations to the public. Wow. Being the next in line, Diane Feinstein was suddenly the acting mayor of San Francisco. I have nothing to say. <laughs> My press conference? That was about writing a yak. Oh, yes. Sorry. I wanted to tell everyone. One time I shit and puked all over a yak. Okay, so now she's the acting mayor. The After acting she's mayor. about to quit, and then some guys got shot. And then she's like, mm hmm. A week later, uh, she was sworn in and officially elected by the Board of Supervisors. Uh, then she was formally elected mayor in November uh, by the people of San Francisco, okay. 1979, so a year later. Um, in January 1980, she married Richard Blum, the investment banker who went to Nepal with her. Sure. Who got his start by heading a group that bought Ringling Brothers and Barman Bailey Circus oh boy. For, eight, Lord. for $8 million, and then selling it four years later for $40 million to Mattel. Oh, what? God, I Mattel. Don't I don't know. We want a circus for kids to use at home. <laughs> We're Mattel. What is anything? What have we done? Okay, so, oh, great. Great that that name is getting tossed in here, obviously. Uh, okay, so, just, I mean, really at no point ever had a connection to what it was like to struggle. This human. Basically. Right. Okay. Uh, after that, uh, her, her husband just got his hands in tons of shit and just became richer and richer and richer. So he's filthy rich. Okay. One of Diane's uh, first act as mayor was to install a new police chief under whom misdemeanor marijuana arrests tripled. Okay. For a minute, I thought his name was going to be Mr. Meaner. Remember how the city was like, let's not do that. Yeah. Now 64% and the mayor and the And there was actually movement guy, towards it. And then they got killed. Right. And now... Now it's all gone. Right. Cool. Uh, and an extreme shift from what Moscone and Milk had been doing. She went about vastly expanding downtown development and uh, what became known as the Manhattanization of San Francisco began. Okay. Lots of building, lots of big buildings. Sure. Unlike Moscone, she was criticized for not hiring minorities. <sighs> Diane was a big supporter of Jimmy Carter again in 1980, just as she had been in 1976. Uh-huh. At the Democratic National Convention, she was given a prominent speaking role. She spoke in support of Carter, not caring that the vast majority of people in San Francisco supported rival Ted Kennedy. And then Diane put forward a proposal that would allow delegates such as herself to ignore their state's popular vote. This would allow Feinstein to ignore what her constituents wanted and allow her to vote for Carter instead of Kennedy. Wait, how, how did... Wait. She's, she's been sent forth as a delegate, having the state having chosen Kennedy. She can... Right. So she's putting forth a proposal that she gets to ignore what that her she state said. she gets to play vote. telephone and be like, I forget which one they wanted. Let's go Carter. <laughs> Wow, okay. The, uh, the It was great... called The Voting is Just for Fun Act. <laughs> uh, the proposal was easily defeated. Okay, good. Amazingly. 
then now she pushed for a handgun ban. She decided that guns... By the way, it's funny that people had to vote in that. She's like, I'm kind of trying to stop this. <laughs> so. What about instead of me putting it to a vote, I just say yes. Okay, so you guys voted against it. Again, I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. We're for it. We're and good. Carter! And go! So she pushes for a handgun ban, which caused gun lovers in San Francisco to get a recall on the ballot to try and recall her. Okay. Um, which just backfired and made her more popular. Okay. She won with 83% of the vote now. Okay. Which is crazy. She also backstabbed her gay supporters by vetoing a measure that would have extended medical and welfare benefits to partners of same-sex couples and living companions of unmarried same-sex city employees. It's, it is strange to think you could be in San Francisco and have that as, like... Yeah. Yep. And and even like politically go like oh, that's a bad call, but also to just be like I'm around like this is yeah okay all right astounding sure if it wasn't for Diane Fansign they wouldn't have had to wait years to get benefits in 1982 the two candidates for state senate Democrat Philip Burton and Republican Milton Marks both marched in the gay pride parade okay. Diane Feinstein angered the gay community by refusing to march in the gay pride parade, wow. which she, I didn't think, I don't think she ever has, but I can't say for certain. Well, it's the same day as the Confederate one. Yeah. <clears throat> Still, she was reelected in 18, in 1983. In 1984, as fear of AIDS reached historical levels, Diane pressured the director of public health to announce that, quote, all sexual activity between individuals is to be eliminated in public bath facilities in San Francisco, where the transmission of AIDS is likely to occur. Uh, right, like the AIDS portals we've all heard about. <laughs> well, you remember that fun period where it was, where did you do it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're in a high AIDS area. Put a rag over your mouth. You're going to catch AIDS. What are you guys doing? It's airborne. Also, what a great time uh, this would be for uh, gay couples to be able to extend medical benefits to their partner. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. What a strange... Hmm. Thing, hmm. it's almost like people died because well everything's gonna be fine, Stan. This included bathhouses, the back rooms of certain bookstores, and sex clubs. Diane sent plainclothes police officers into bathhouses to investigate and report about their findings. Well, we've kind of had a down before. What I saw was so horrible and hot. Who is that? Hi, I'm Tom. What you made me realize is I don't... I've never been attracted to my wife. Why the hell were you in there for two weeks on a sting? It was so fucking great. Oh, my God. Okay, you know what? I just... No. Dudes naked Yeah. so fucking You didn't go cool. into a stall, did you? You it's probably have AIDS. It's so cool. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry I got married. All right, that's it. I'm not sending any more of them in here. It's so cool, naked guys. Uh, Diane, um, I went to go do the sting. Uh-huh. And I met someone unbelievable. I'm sorry? And I've never been happier. I'm sorry? This is Greg. Hi, Greg. He's also um, working the job now, too. As is this other guy we met. Uh, a bunch of us are on the stick now. How many? Oh, lots. I'm, what I'm doing is I'm going in there and I'm making new cops. <laughs> it's 
so I'm going to need a little more time with this one. <laughs> anyway, uh, the investigators were shocked by what they had seen. In October uh, 1984, she ordered 14 bathhouses closed, 10 reopened within 24 hours. Okay. Because it's not the fucking bathhouse. Yeah. It's the fucking the, the cover with the shit. Yeah. In 1984, the Democratic National Convention was to be held in San Francisco, and there were rumors that my, Mayor Dianne Feinstein would be picked as Walter Mondale's vice presidential candidate. Okay. Feinstein wanted it bad. But to get it, she knew she had to win over some Dixiecrats. Those few Southern Democrats who still remained in the Democratic Party. Oh, boy. Time for something controversial. In April 1894, this is what the whole thing's been about. In April 1894, a Ku Klux Klan death squad had been acquitted of killing five leftists, civil rights activists, and union organizers in Greensboro, North Carolina, known as the Greensboro Massacre. The shooting was planned, executed, and blatantly a crime, and, as it is often in America, not punished. The day after the Klansman's acquittal, Diane approved the display of a Confederate flag at City Hall as part of a, quote, historic display. What? Wow. What? Is that weird? Does she know where San Francisco is? (laughs) Wow. So. This is 1980? Yeah. You can only be elected twice. There's two term limit, so she's done. Still, she's done as mayor. She Still, needs, she needs to move on. It was just three months before the DNC, and 20 years after someone else flew a Confederate flag that sort of upset people in San Francisco that there's no fucking way she didn't know about. Right. So two, sure. So once again, leftists and African Americans were not happy about the Confederate flag being flown outside of the most left leaning city in the country. And just one day after the acquittal of a KKK death squad. That's crazy. On April 15th, 1984, a rally at Feinstein's Confederate flag formed outside City Hall and around the flag that was flying on a 50-foot pole. Richie Bradley was a black man who had grown up in South Carolina. He was now living in the Bay Area, and a member, I should have looked up how to say this, uh, it's either Spartacist League or Spartacist, but I'm assuming it's Spartacist League. Sure. Uh, was a member of the Spartacist League. Okay. Which was a communist group. So they're commies. I gathered. He came down to City Hall as a part of the protest against the flag, dressed in a union uniform. Okay. And wow. Then he, and then he climbed the pole and cut the flag down. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, we have a hero. Uh, on the ground, what was left of the flag was then burned by Bradley and a member of the International Longshore and Warehouse y- Union Local 6. Sure. Catchy. <clears throat> As the flag burned, the crowd of black activists, socialists, and unionists broke into a chorus of the anti-slavery anthem, John Brown's Body. Okay. So how's Diane feeling? Well, newspapers in the Bay Area made it clear they were happy to be rid of the flag. But Diane didn't care. She had a new Confederate flag put up. What? Wow. So Richie Bradley and the Spartacus League went back hours after the flag had gone up, climbed the pole, and took that fucker down again. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. This time, Richie tore the new Confederate flag into pieces. Okay. And Diane Feinstein, a white woman from San Francisco, a Democrat, a supposed champion for minorities of San Francisco, put the flag of the Confederacy, which California had fought against in the Civil War, 
back up in a front third? of Civil Hall. Oh my City God. <sighs> Richie Bradley. Oh no, what is going on? <laughs> Did he? Came back down <laughs> and scaled the flagpole again. But this time, he replaced it with a union flag someone had bought for him for $150. Wow. And this time, the police were waiting, and they arrested Bradley and charged him with vandalism. Then Diane Feinstein had the union flag removed no. and shredded. What the fuck? Wow. I'm having a little trouble processing the amount of pushback to put a Confederate flag up. It's, it's, and this isn't, this isn't, it, it would be easier now. Honestly, this is a time, like, we're, we're, we're not too far away from MLK being assassinated. Yeah. The riots, like, it's not that, it's just, you know, under 20 years since then, there's still a lot of ripe shit. There's still a lot of KKK violence. There's still a lot of shit going on. And of course, that's still here today, but it's fresh off the 60s. Right. And it's, it's San Francisco. It's a fucked up time to do this. Yeah. It is it, plain and simple. It is a fucked up time to do this. Is it a normal time to do it three times? <sighs> Astounding. Shredding the North flag. Then she shreds the fucking Union flag. The flag that Californians fought under. <laughs> to Diane, Richie Bradley was a criminal. But in the Bay Area, Richie Bradley was now a local hero. He could not walk into a bar or restaurant without having a drink or meal bought for him. Okay. Diane and the prosecutor tried to come up with a way for Bradley to pay for his actions through some form of restitution. But the news about Bradley's arrest was spreading. Suddenly, the phone started ringing at Mayor Diane Feinstein's office. Union leaders wanted the charges dropped. Letters poured in. Gore Vidal spoke out in favor of Richie Bradley and inscribed a copy of his new novel, Lincoln, with the words, quote, Lincoln would have also wanted the flag, flag symbolic removal. Okay. Despite the insult to African-Americans living in San Francisco of flying a Confederate flag, Richie Bradley was prosecuted. Wow. But it was always going to be difficult to find a jury in the city yeah. who would convict him. Yeah. And the trial ended in uh, a- We suggest uh, moving the trial to North Carolina. <laughs> where was the place where the KKK guys got away with South that thing? South Carolina, that area. Let's do that. Let's that do courthouse. That. Greensboro. Uh, the trial ended in a hung jury. Eight people had been for acquittal. Okay. <laughs> of course. Yeah. After the trial, one juror shook Br Bradley's hand and said, quote, I would have done it if I had the guts. The juror then donated $20 to Bradley's defense and bought a subscription to the Marxist biweekly newspaper published by the Spartacus League. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> like they got, so, a, they got a convert out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I uh, probably got a lot of guff for bi-weekly, too. Yeah. A week later, to avoid the further embarrassment, the DA moved to dismiss all charges. Charges. Bradley did not want the charges to be dismissed. He wanted another full trial to get for acquittal. For sure, yeah. He just wanted to be acquitted. Yeah. 
Despite the bad press, despite the protests, despite the calls for uh, from African-American city leaders, Dianne Feinstein was not done. She was going to prove the Southern Democrats that she was down with the Confederate cause. What? At the end of June, Feinstein raised the bar- stars and bars in front of City Hall. The stars and bars was the first flag of the Confederacy. This flag had been a call to arms for the slaveholders in 1861. It what was also a doing? great insult to the history of California, a state that had entered the Union as a free state in 1850 and supplied troops for the Union Army. In the early morning hours of June 29th, leftists returned and took down the flag and then cut down the pole. Okay. All right. <laughs> Finally. All right. Someone's pulled the root. Someone's like, you getting it? All right. You get it yet? No more poles. You get the point? <laughs> Uh, one man, one man who was a union worker, described the carefully planned action, quote, using an acid, acetylene cutting torch. Uh, I'm sure someone will yell at me. Acetylene. Acetylene? That's a ludicrous song. Oh, really? No. Oh, my God. Acetylene cutting torch. We first cut out a wedge or fish mouth to determine the direction of the fall. Okay. We were super careful. Yeah, that is nice. I mean, we rioted lightly. <laughs> They had gone out of their way to make sure no one was injured at this time, and uh, this time no one was arrested. Okay. That was the end. No Confederate flag flew at San Francisco City Hall ever again, and Dianne Feinstein was then passed over for vice president in favor of Geraldine Ferraro. The Mondale-Ferraro ticket was soundly defeated by Reagan in a CNN profile in 2017 titled Badass Women of Washington. Dianne said the failure to be nominated was a choice between a blonde... And a brunette. She fails to mention the incredible and failed race baiting. Diane Feinstein has gone on to be a successful uh, senator. In 1990, she ran for governor and at the same time switched from always being against the death penalty to being very in favor of the death penalty. She also ran an ad that used old footage of her announcing Mayor Moscone and Supervisor Milk's assassinations. And included the sounds of people groaning and a woman screaming. She did this to show that she was tough on crime. She lost to Republican Pete Wilson, but then won his Senate seat that he had just vacated. With Barbara Boxer, she became the first female California senators at the same time, the two of them. In 2004, San Francisco Mayor Gavin Newsom opened the doors of City Hall and married gay couples. Dianne Feinstein said the backlash helped George Bush be reelected. The the backlash from Gavin Newsom saying, "Oh my God!" Today, Diane Feinstein is one of the wealthiest members of Congress with an estimated fortune of fifteen two million dollars. Oh my God! But it's not for free college tuition, which she got for seven hundred and some odd dollars, like many Western countries offer, or single payer health care. Having $52 million might make these stances easy to take. Last month, after she was denied the endorsement of the California Democratic Party, she dropped her 50-year opposition to the legalization of marijuana. <laughs> and she is once again, after further thought, against the death penalty. Oh, interesting. Flags can be purchased from Dianne Feinstein's office for as little as $11. Confederate ones? Just enclose a check payable to a keeper of stationery to Senator Diane Feinstein. Attention flag request. 331 Hart Senate Office Building, Washington, D.C. 20510. Wait, what kind of flag do you get? Get an American flag. Oh, so she's but coming around great, on that, It'd be too. great if she sent a Confederate flag. Yeah. 
So I, I usually don't do politics, obviously. We've only known one. But um, the flag thing, sorry. It's inexcusable. <sighs> and it's grotesque. And it says the depth of what a person is. That well, you would do that. The thing, the thing is that you, like, you know, with the history of this country and with the history of race in this country, there's just a lot to have to absorb and judge and there's times where you know you you can't as terrible as things are you're like thinking of the time and so the point being that look let's say it was even an okay time to put up a flag like that once yeah how do you do it four times i just and and have a hist and have an association with it before, because when I think of Diane Feinstein, and I'm not like I'm definitely not uh, nearly as uh, politically aware as you are, but I you know hate uh, that our government is run by millionaires, yeah, and I hate that it's people who have no real connection to uh, any of that shit. But, and so when I think of her, I think. Yeah, I'd probably think like one, you know, I would think one of the badass women who had uh, tried to, you know, who uh, a female in the Senate, you know, at a, a yeah, time well, when. Well, look, I mean, we can go back and we can look at like when she first won. We saw how she was treated when she first won. Like that's yeah. a legitimate so, big thing that she did. So and then. OK, so then off of that, like that happens to you you're totally like uh i mean you're yeah you're just completely objectified versus uh your character is being evaluated so that's strange so that's probably fucks with your head if you're her a little bit sure so okay m- maybe once maybe <laughs> maybe I mean, probably not but not maybe even once. four times and putting the dude in jail or trying to prosecute the dude. So there's this whole thing right now. Get women in office. Absolutely. Yes. We need more women in office. Yes. We need more minorities in office. Yes. We need more. They need to be the right people. Yeah. They need to be decent people. Well, they need again, to be people who wouldn't throw horrific racism in the face of their constituents. They have to be good people. It doesn't matter what also, they are. You're able you're able to take stances like that if you have no fear of like if if your worst fear like from taking a stance like that is that you're gonna be hiking in Nepal right. or that you're gonna be on a sailboat, it's easy to kind of play the like just kind of play the odds. Yeah. You know, the political odds and have no real moral compass because if you have fifty two fucking million dollars, what the fuck do you care? No, you don't care. You don't. So it's kind of just like you just want to stay at the party. Right. So you're right. It does need to be. I mean, it needs to be. It truly just needs to be more of everything that's not crusty white dudes. Right. Crusty but white people need to go. You can still find people who are connected to Humanity? your social problems. Yeah. And your Jesus Christ, just fucking. These people need to. They can't be. They can't be elected because they're. Like, if you'll do that, you'll do anything. You really yeah, will do right, anything. Right, you'll exactly, fucking do anything right, to get elected. Right. That's what that is. That is... She and won, here's the deal. She, and she was politically collected. 
she she was one of the first women, but she always wanted to be a politician, and she was rich, and so that's not the same thing as someone always wanting to be a politician and coming up from nothing, no. and it never will be. It never no, will be. It is the. It really is. It's like you you are. You, I mean, it's a status thing. It's not. Yeah. It's not a thing as a. It's not like I want to get in there and and make a change. It's like I want to get in there. It, well, it's just, it, we've <laughs> we've through this podcast. How many different times have we seen the son of someone then became a senator? The son yeah. of some. It's like this. It's like this American rich story of, and then you get into a position of power in the government. Well, and you put that hat on your head, and then you know that's well, what and it that, is. Yeah, for sure. And, and, I mean, you look at what we have now. I mean, we have the height of that. Yeah. We have the absolute extreme of no connection to what it's like None. to care about people who Anything. are not in your family. At all. <laughs> not even remotely. I mean. Not, not even a concern. And, you know, the other thing about capitalism is, you know, maybe the early guys were smart because they had to build up these empires. Mm-hmm. But perhaps maybe their children are fucking stupid. Yeah. And the longer you go into capitalism, perhaps the guys who are now in power aren't that smart and are soft Dude, and are fucking lame. It's similar to the entertainment industry. It's totally. like it's just like if you have the name, you know, you d- doesn't mean talent no, it doesn't, doesn't mean work shit. like that. No, it doesn't work like, like that at all. It's it's name recognition based. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But that is just like that is a pennywise dollar foolish attitude. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And so she is running for re-election. Yeah, she's she's uh she's she's up for election on Tuesday. Yeah. Well, in the primary. She's going to win the primary easily. Yeah. She'll totally skate by. No, everyone's then, confused and doesn't know who else to vote for. Right. There's a potential of this Nazi guy winning. Um cuz he always got a Nazi now. And then there's two other people, uh Hartson is the person uh that I recommend and I will be voting for. De Leon is halfway in between Hartson and Feinstein. He's like a middle. Hartson ground. was the one where you're going back and forth with on Twitter. No, no, oh. uh, that was in the 25th. That's someone running for Congress, oh. Jess Phoenix. She's, She's a scientist. Um, so yeah, there's. I'll, I'll put up a list of people that I'm going to vote for. I'm going to yeah. vote for. I, I would recommend a lot of scientists in this but, round. And part of and part of and then I'll shut the fuck up. But part of the problem is also that. Um, yeah, the, you just, I mean, they do such a good job of shutting out anyone who doesn't have money. 100%. So that's what makes it so difficult. Yeah. Because that money's well, power. I, I mean, mean, the thing I put in that she first won because she out, way outspent everybody with yeah. family money. Like, that's who wins that elections. Matters for sure. That's who wins elections in America. No, that's how you got to do it. And even though she's treated like shit, she still did it with family money. Like. Yeah. And that's what that's what most of the fucking do. It's all the fucking same. It's just rich people. It's just rich people. At least she got dysentery on. once. One time she shit on a yak. One time she yak shit. Please. Jesus Christ. Yeah. How about that? Cool. All right. Well, it's Everybody good to know weird? that uh... people are probably mad at us about the political discussion. Yeah, probably. But. <laughs> Do? It's gonna happen sometimes. We're, uh, this won't happen very often. I, I, this will be very, very, very rare that I do. Well, this. chances are we're gonna get threatened to lawsuit by Tuesday, and it'll be down. <laughs> we'll talk That's more our about new thing. That. We'll talk more about that. We sign time. legal papers. <laughs> 
Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.